This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. Wow. That was so beautiful. I just, I could feel the the quiet in the room as we were all just present with our souls and our lives and the choices that we made along the way. The passport to mystery is we're all all on a journey and we have no idea where we're going in terms of the details. Oh, we sure think we know sometimes. Uh, You know that saying about make plans and God starts laughing, you know. We, we don't, we don't get to decide how it's going to be. We get to listen to our hearts to know what it is we want, and we, we travel down that road, but we don't know how that will end up. Our desire is, is our fuel that points us in a direction, and gets us going, but along the way, the mystery is in charge. And along the way, we have to hold on to our soul. We're here to uncover the brilliance of who we are and let that out into the world. That is our big job here. But it isn't so simple as just saying, ta-da, here I am. It is a process of unfurling. And it, sometimes it happens through, we, we make choices that imperil our souls. And then we have to clean that up. I bet everyone in this room has done something somewhere along the line where you look back and you think, eh, that probably wasn't my best choice, right? Oh no, well I'm glad there's somebody who missed that one. <laughs> but, but really, maybe it was. Maybe, even though on just a scale of moral rectitude in our culture. It's something that we didn't consider so great. Maybe it was exactly what our souls needed to go deeper, to find more love. When I was 17, I entered the convent. I was a good Catholic girl, pretty naive, I was inexperienced in terms of sexuality. I'd been kissed a few times by a few different boys, but nothing, nothing too significant. And because I was the oldest of eight kids, I thought that, you know, the mothering thing, oh, been there, done that. I've had so much babysitting experience. I don't need any more. The convent is perfect for me. Well, at 17, really? How do you know that? 
And so what ended up happening in the course of the nine years I was in the convent was somewhere along the line, I met a young woman who was a lesbian. And I got into a relationship with her. When I entered the convent, I had never heard the word lesbian. I had no concept that people had sex with their same gender. I didn't even know it was a thing. So it took me completely by surprise to become involved in this way with someone else, and yet it's sex, which is a good thing. It was a sexual awakening for me. And it was also totally out of integrity. It was out of integrity with the fact that I was a nun and I had made these vows. And it was out of integrity with who I am as a person because I'm not a lesbian. But it felt good. And this was the 60s, let's just put this in context. <laughs> Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and even though we didn't really get to listen to the radio and the only television we got to watch was College Bowl on <laughs> Sunday night, we know now that we are not an island and that if it's going on in the greater world, somehow we get that energetic message. So, you know, I discovered in retrospect, there was a lot of that going on in the convent. <laughs> Just in the tell-all fashion here. <laughs> but at some point, at some point, it didn't really work for me to continue with this, and, and I left. And I didn't end up leaving the relationship because she also left, and it was just this perfect dysfunctional relationship because it was born out of a lack of integrity, and I didn't have the skill and the courage at that point in my life to say, um, you know, actually, when I was thinking, after all, I do want a partner, I was thinking of a man. <laughs> you know, I couldn't say that because that would hurt her feelings. And so I stayed in this relationship for a number of years more. That was based on a lie. This is not who I am, and this is not where I want to be. That was the lie at the foundation of it. So you can just try to imagine how dysfunctional that would be. So that was my first serious relationship. But what I gained from that was a recognition that it was important to be true to myself, that it was important to speak up and say what was true. Trust me, I needed a lot more practice on that one, but it got me started <laughs> in that direction. So as I, as I reflect back on that part of my journey, there was a lot of good that was in it for me. There was a lot of good that came from being out of integrity and recognizing that. And knowing myself at that point, if I'd gone off to college in the midst of the 60s, I can guarantee you, I can think of a number of other ways I would have messed up and my life would have gone in another direction. So whatever it is for you that you look back on and think, oh, also think about what did you make of it? 
What did you make of it that makes you who you are today? Our life journeys are mystery. And we are creators who are just taking the mystery and making something of it. Some of our journeys are physical journeys that we take. So last week, Claire was talking about how she was in Roatan. I was in Reno again. We always seem to bounce back to Reno and then, and then down to Lake Tahoe because we were going for a Shakespeare play. It's something that we've done there right on Lake Tahoe a number of years and it's wonderful. And that was the whole reason we went down there and we were gonna meet some friends also, which we did, but, but it was really smoky. I mean, the whole time there, I did not see any blue sky until I got back to Bend. So, and then the day that we were going to the Shakespeare play, the last day that we were gonna be there, we actually got to have um, lunch with Claire's mom and her husband and Claire's sister, and if you're watching, hi. Um, and that was wonderful, and they were going to the play as well until we all found out that, oh, sorry, there's a new fire and it's been canceled. So then, then th here's a kink in the journey, right? It's like, wait a minute, another fire? And how am I gonna get home? Because it's really close. And so we turned on the television, which I don't usually watch, but um, we're looking at the television, trying to get information on where is this fire and what is the safe route home? And you know, if you've ever watched coverage of the fires on TV, there's you know flames everywhere, and it's it's like watching the worst horror movie. And so I'm completely traumatized by that. No, how are we going to get home? And 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 it still wasn't very definitive. It's talking about well, it's this place, and we don't know where that place is. And we're on our phones trying to figure out is that near where we have to go? And and so neither of us slept very well that night just kind of freaking out about, are we going to have to drive through flames? Are they going to turn us back? Are we never going to get home? You know, all these worst case scenarios, not handling the mystery very well. So um, at some point in the night when I was awake and stewing, I, I was thinking, yeah, I did it again. I put this topic out for a talk, and, I, and it's all about the journey, and so now I get to have a journey. <laughs> and, and then I thought, well, what are some other journeys I've had? <laughs> and I remembered, I, I've told some of you haven't heard it and some of you had, but I had this amazing road trip journey um, with my previous husband. We went out in a motorhome and, and what was important about this was we were listening to this recording by Mary Morrissey talking about the power of prayer and she's citing one example after another of what prayer can do and I'm like, wow. But does that happen for regular people, you know, ordinary people like me, because I have not had these experiences. Well, if any of you have read the Celestine Prophecy, which I had recently read at that time, it says, pose a question to the universe and pay attention. The answer is coming. So I posed the question, does this work for ordinary people? And the next thing that happened is our motorhome, which was full of gas, breaks down. 
on the side of the road. It's five o'clock in the afternoon, a Friday, drizzling, and we're approaching the Great Divide in Provo, Utah. And so we think, oh, what are we gonna do now? My husband was handling the worst case scenarios. He had a whole bunch of them in line. But I thought, oh, so this is an, a chance to pray. And this was pre-unity for me. I didn't have a big prayer practice, but I just start making stuff up. And I started praying prayers of gratitude, which wasn't a thing for me at that point. This was way before Oprah and her lists of gratitude and all this. It was not my practice, but somehow I stumbled upon it then. So I'm thanking, 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 thanking for everything I can think of. And five minutes later, a tr pickup truck from the opposite direction whips around, comes out, says, what's the problem? Well, we're broken down. The next thing you know, he's under the RV with all the collective wrenches. And he says, oh, here's the problem. It's your fuel pump. You're not getting the gas to your engine. I just happen to have one I just bought in my rig. <laughs> Would you like me to put it in? And this is a 1970 RV, and it's 1995. He just bought it, so he puts it in, charges us $54 because he's got the receipt, and that's it. Go on your way, have a great vacation. This was a defining moment in my life <laughs> because I really had no idea that prayer could be so powerful. I had no idea that miracles like this could happen. I had no idea. And so the act of that RV breaking down was a prime example of life is happening for us, not to us. Even though there are many moments when it feels quite the opposite, doesn't it? We cannot see how this could be good. And so at a moment like that, it's important that we lean into our resources. And gratitude is a huge one. Jump ahead, make the assumption, okay, this works out great. I have no idea what the great part is. I just know it does, because that's how this cosmos is wired. Because I am divine creation right here in this body and I claim it for myself and as I do it all begins to unfold so I'm just gonna jump ahead like reading the last page of a book and say oh okay good it works out I'm so great I'm so happy it works out have you ever done that? Have you jumped ahead to make sure the hero or heroine stays alive at the end? Because you're so afraid that they're going to die. You know, so in case you're one of those people. Um, you can do that. You can do that in your life when you don't know how it's going to work out. Sometimes our journeys are journeys of creation. We're creating something and it's so exciting for us. It's so important to us. And we are immersed in mystery. So for example, our Unity community, we started out a year ago, in, well, a year and a half ago in February, and we, 
we had been working on this whole idea because we were, this room was packed every Sunday. And in fact, we had a second service. And we were thinking about where are we being called? What is the greatest expression of us? And we had big dreams. And we had this whole idea that, that was coming together and, and partners were showing up and, and we had this huge, huge vision and we presented it at the annual meeting in February. And it was just something that had us like, whoa, we don't know how to do this. We, I mean, we've got a couple ideas, but basically we don't know how to do this. It's just so alive. And then COVID hits. And now we're back to, you know, this is a big crowd right now. And there are others of you who are watching online. But it's hard to get a bead on the community and what's, how are you all feeling? Especially those of you who are out there. We can't see you. If you're on Facebook and you're chatting, we're so appreciative because then we can at least know there was somebody there. <laughs> but, but it's, it's really hard in this time. And so maybe that big dream that we had, maybe it morphed inside the mystery. Maybe that's not where we're going anymore. But the hard part is, well then, where are we going? What are we doing? And we don't know the answer. And so we have to hold, go back to resources. All that you've got is your soul. And so we, we go back to what's true for us. Who are we? What is our mission here? And what we know is we are this spiritual expression of divinity. We are here as a community to embody love and awaken spiritual consciousness. And the how we're going to do that, mystery. It will change. And our job is to be responsive and to be listening, listening to what is our soul saying, our individual souls and our communal souls. And to keep rooted in that. I'm part of a mastermind group that is really holding the vision for who we are and who we may be. And one day we were focusing on this. I don't know, I don't, I don't know that we're going where we thought we were going. Well, let's take that to meditation. And so we took that into meditation and what I got was this image of we are on these seas and the seas are like the mist of Avalon, if you picture that, just fog everywhere, but it's, it's, we're in the mystery. You can't see at all where we're going. And our job is just to know that it's okay. Like if you read that book, The Mists of Avalon, you go out of the mists, of the mists and then there you are at Avalon, which is this magical place of priestesses and power, and it's, it's wonderful. You want to go to Avalon, but you can't get there unless you go through the mists. So in my meditation, we're going through the mists, and then we go in through this amazing cave, the cave of Fingal in, in Scotland. And, and it's, it's like inside of it, it's like a cathedral. It in, inspired a 
um, a symphony by, I can't remember if it was Handel or Mozart, but somebody did a, a concert based on that. And you go through this cave, and then we popped out the other side, and we were sailing through the stars. And it was just, So when we're in this place of the mystery, having a visual, because the way that our brains are wired, we, we relate to images. That's our native language. And so hold on to something that gives you that, oh, wow, that gives you that gratitude. So we as a community, in my mind, we're sailing among the stars. And it's like, wow, how did we get here? This is so awesome. So whatever the sailing through the stars equivalent of embodying love and awakening spiritual consciousness as a community is, that's what we're up to. So let's be thankful now for that. But notice, notice what happens along the way. Whatever it is that your creation is, that dream, that dream that matters so much to you, whether it's for you individually or you as part of some community that you're part of or for your business or for your family, whatever it is, that dream that matters so much, you set the course from your heart. This is what I want. And then you go into the mystery. You, you have to let go of things. Like, I don't know, I was at the High Desert Museum recently, and you know that if you've been there, it's this amazing exhibit, and it shows the same location, the High Desert, through the the eras, and there's this one part with the pioneers, and you see all the, the things that they took that they had to let go along the way. All these chests and, you know, things that, that were precious to them, and they had to let them go. We have to let go of our ideas. We have to let go of our stuff. We have to let go of maybe some personality traits that get refined in the process. We have to let go. We have to face our fears. We have to face the identity question of who am I? Because life will not allow us to continue playing small. If we have said, I want to awaken. Trust me, there are plenty of people that get to continue playing small but they didn't have the same contract. They didn't say, I want to be here for awakening. And if you're sitting in this room, you did say that. You did say that. And so you have to face the identity question. Who are you? You are not small, no can do. You are huge, fast, cosmos expressing in human form. You are here because you have to be here. We need you now. 
You are here to express your talents in ways that are so big and so amazing. And you must do that. And the mystery will call that forth. The mess that you're in, whether it's this pandemic or something of your own personal devising, this is a gift. It's the mystery. It's the mud of creation. And we're here to, on this journey to use it and make something of it. And we need our resources. We need resources of community. I felt so supported coming home because I knew there were so many people praying for us. It really made a difference. And I've heard that again and again and again from people who say, will you please pray about blah, 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 whatever it is. And they say, oh, it helped so much to know people were praying. Prayer is huge. One of the things that has come up for me as I think about this fall and what do I want to do this fall, what programs, you know, and will we be able to come together? No, maybe they'll be on Zoom again, you know, whatever. As I'm thinking about all this, one of the things that really spoke to my heart is I want to I create this explosion of positivity. I want to see everybody embracing the idea of prayer. So I'm going to offer a free prayer class for everybody. And, and I, want, I want you to do it and tell your friends. And if it's, a, it's going to be in the morning, and if you, you have a day job and can't do it, then later I'll do one in the evening. But, but let's get everybody praying. Let's get past the point where it's like, well, I don't know how to pray. That's your job. You're a minister. You know, let's, let's not do that anymore. Let's just say, hey, we can all do this. So this class gives you lots of practice. There's somebody, who, who was in the prayer class that just finished? Would you stand up for a minute just so people can see who you are? Carol and Donna and William. There were other people in the class, but they're the ones in the room that were in the class. Talk to them and see what it was like. It was such a wonderful class. And you will walk away from it feeling confident that you can pray. You will feel like your life is so much richer. Prayer is a key resource. So whether or not you take the class, pray. Pray. And what prayer means is not, oh God, I beg you, solve this problem for me. No. Prayer is about alignment. It's saying, oh yes, I remember who I am. I remember that what looks like a mess is mystery that I get to do something with and I am not alone. It takes community, it takes practice so that we don't see it as it appears, but we see it rightly as it truly is. And that's what we're here to do. And when we do that, that is what will shoot us out into the stars of possibility. 
We are here to travel into the mists, into the mystic mystery, and find out who we are and bless the world with that. That's why we are here. So let's, let's do that. Let's go sailing into the mystic.